I think there's something really wonderful about having drag queens engage with kids, you know? And not only ignite their imaginations, but also show them that screw gender, express yourself however you want to express yourself, be whoever you want to be, and be creative and have fun with life. I'd rather have a drag queen read a story to my kid than a guy dressed up as a vicar who isn't even ordained. He wasn't actually even a, a real priest. What's going yeah. on? And we won't go there, but we very could easily go there. Mm. If there's a group of people that we should be worried about kids being around. Mm. Oh, we can go there. Hi, Benji here. I'm Ollie. And, and you're, you're listening to TikToks, the podcast where we unpack TikTok's hottest trending topics. From pop culture to social issues, we'll be stripping back the layers, helping you understand what's going down on the For You page and saying how we feel about it. Whether it's Couch Guy, Berries and Green, or Kate Bush's latest banger, nothing is off limits. Tune in every week for your dose of TikToks. All right, episode 23. Ollie, hit us up your drag. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Prime number. <laughs> is that a prime? Is it? It's a prime number, yeah. That's not very funny or entertaining. I'm sorry. Sometimes <laughs> I'm just a, an educator. Well, I can't provide any um... comic relief. Why was 23? one afraid of 22 because 28 three exactly that was exactly the correct joke <laughs> you tried moving on have you been since we recorded the last episode oh so good i had some avocado on toast lovely and lovely. Yeah. that was it nice nice i had some noodles <laughs> of course you did I've, yeah classic i've topped up my hot water bottle i'm obsessed with my hot water bottle now i don't know if i mentioned it on the previous episode but like i literally carry it everywhere now such a comfort <laughs> I don't know if that's me just trying to you, cope you with like, not being able me. to heat. Yeah. Okay, did I? Okay. Because he lives, you've got to keep the, keep the cost down. Anyway. <laughs> what are we speaking about oh, today, Benji? What are we speaking about today? So I have a comment about a Batman reference that I used to talk about allyship. And someone, two people actually have commented on my reference. And I want to kind of talk a bit around the, the difference in the two comments. And you'll see why in a second. And then we are going to talk about a protest of a drag story time, which was never planned to occur. And so a protest of an imaginary drag story time that happened recently. And then we're going to talk about a video that has gone viral recently that we were tagged in actually by someone who listened to the podcast. Thank you. That's basically taking a arguably radical feminist take on gender ideology. And then finally, Ollie has the no nuance for this episode. Yes, which is going to be on the phrase, life's not perfect. There we go. That is the episode. So shall we get into it? Yes. So the comments I want to talk about today basically are from TikTok and a reel that I posted from episode 22. We're talking about mansplaining. It was a Am I the Arsehole where somebody was arguing on behalf of her friend that she was being mansplained to by this guy. And basically we're talking about how she kind of did her friend a disservice because we didn't think anyway that he was mansplaining to her friend. And actually she wasn't being a great supporter of her by jumping in and speaking on her behalf. And so then from that, I spoke about how as an ally, it's important that you center the needs of the person you're looking or the community you're looking to support. If you center your own needs, then you're not really being an ally. You're actually just being self-centered. And how I explained the ways in which that can happen is by using the example of Batman, how Batman swoops into Gotham to like fight the bad guy. And he's the main character of that moment. And he's essentially trying to save the city, right? From this bad guy. And he does defeat the bad guy. And he flies off into the distance, but he leaves the city in ruins. The whole city is just basically unusable for the civilians. And I said that essentially that's what you're doing when you try to support someone without actually considering the fact that you may be negatively impacting them in the long run. That was what I was talking about in the episode. And I posted that clip on TikTok and on Instagram because I thought it might be a useful tip for people. And it got a decent response, but I got two very different reactions to my use of Batman to explain that principle. So the one I'm gonna start with is the one on Instagram. So this person said, this is why I adore the latest Batman movie. In pretty much all other Batman movies, we see the hero defeat one bad guy ruin millions of human lives in the process, then jet off. At the end of Batman 2022, after Batman defeats Riddler, instead of zooming away on his bat cycle, 
he stays after the battle to help the national slash coast guard and the injured citizens and load people into rescue helicopters. It shows that Batman's actions won't have an impact unless he helps the people he tries to protect directly, which I thought was a really, really cool build on what I was talking about. I'm not sure if I said it on the episode, but I'm not a Batman expert. Um, it's just an example that I use because everyone kind of knows what you're talking about when you say that. So it was nice that that person kind of dropped some authoritative knowledge on how Batman has evolved and how actually in the more recent movies, they're kind of acknowledging the fact that he has a duty to the civilians he's trying to save in order to try and help them after his big kind of fight scene with the bad guy where he's the main character. So that's really cool. And I guess it's, you know, the creators of Batman trying to take him on this journey, which I believe that we all should be trying to go on as well as people who are trying to do the work of allyship in the best way possible. So I really like that and I really appreciate that comment. Okay, I also got a comment on TikTok, which you can kind of guess where this is going, right? This person said, the Wayne Foundation, question mark, that funds the reconstruction of Gotham. So I'm guessing what this person is applying is that Batman has a foundation that funds the reconstruction of Gotham City after he ruins it which I didn't know. They also said, also I would argue that if the bad guys weren't stopped, more people would die. And then with like a a, a shocked face emoji. Yeah, they missed the point. (laughs) To which I replied, it's just a lighthearted analogy that makes the principle easier to understand. It doesn't have to be canon to get the point across. And to which they replied, fan are you laughing face emoji. And I just wanted to present those two different responses to to what I was talking about. I encourage everybody to be like the first person. The point of analogies or like examples like that, is just to help you understand the principle of what somebody is talking about. Right. The point of it is that it's meant to kind of explain it in a different way that's maybe more accessible, that puts in a different context, that makes it kind of easier to understand or provides you with a different perspective on a concept that may be kind of tricky or difficult. It's basically meant to help you understand something, right? It's not to tell you about something else, right? And so criticizing the accuracy of an analogy in terms of like within the realms of the analogy for making sense, like it's I mean, very I think pointless. The, the... The issue, yeah, the, the issue is that it's drawing on like irrelevant extra material that could change right. the sort of analogy. But in this case, you're just meant to take the analogy at face value of like you shouldn't just destroy things in like I, I tell you, yeah, it's it's like it's just so irrelevant is what it is. It's really hard to put it into words. But the point stood without that. And the point still stands with it because the point is not that the ally then... Because the analogy that they're bringing in then is that the ally then goes and makes reparations for what they've destroyed. Mm. But the whole point is that something has been destroyed needlessly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, they sort of missed the point point. and decided to focus more on the literal substance of the analogy rather than the metaphorical substance of the analogy. That's exactly it. You worded it so well there. I'm not really a fan of Batman, no. I don't mind it. I've seen the movies, they're great, but the point of it wasn't to demonstrate my knowledge of Batman. But also, like, why are you saying, fan are you, crying, laughing emoji, when you're the one that's demonstrated that you are much more of a fan because you're talking about some obscure foundation that's a part of the movie that you hadn't heard of? It's more like, fan are you, as in, like, you call yourself a fan. That's how I took it. Oh. Well, no, you didn't yeah. call yourself a fan. Didn't call myself a fan. Not really a fan. Oh, Somebody else commented as well on that TikTok being like, tell me you don't understand Batman by showing me you don't understand Batman or something like that. It's like, there's not a superhero fan account. But Benji, it's because, right, like... Most of the time, they will find something that they disagree with in your videos and they'll comment on that. Mm. But because they couldn't Mm. find something that they disagreed with, because it's pretty hard Mm. to disagree with, you shouldn't needlessly destroy things. So instead, they're focusing on, like, the irrelevant bit. It's kind of like Mm. your no nuance from last episode about caveating everything you say. Yeah, you know what? Yes, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. It's focusing on something very irrelevant to the point to try and discredit what I'm saying. I think we should turn the comment segment of our 
podcast into a throwing shade section because that is just what we do most of the time is we throw shade at people that comment things without like critical thinking and you're too diplomatic to say it for what it is but i will no because sometimes i want to shout out comments that are really nice and i feel like we maybe haven't done that in a while we'll bring that back next next two episodes we're gonna talk about nice comments or like not <laughs> negative ones like not ones we're gonna drag because that's not I the don't point know. let us know if you want us to come turn this into a <laughs> shading commenters there section. was a before, before we move on someone also commented i've now blocked them because i haven't got time for that but they commented on the video that i posted yesterday being like yeah i agree but i also think you're bigger benji who doesn't want to hear other points of view and i was just like you could have just left it at I agree. What's this? That's other? progress. Is it? The reason why I block them is because they comment on every single one of my videos, something negative. Sure. And yeah. like, that was the, the straw. I was like, because usually he disagrees. And in this time, he's like, I agree, but I still hate you. It's like, like lay down, <laughs> please rest. Fine, rest. Rest is important. Like, please <laughs> relax. I can't. You must be so stressed. And they could rest themselves by going to sleep <laughs> with a story time delivered to them we, by a drag queen. We love a good segue. Okay, so this story, I saw my TikTok page. I believe they're called Joe. Politics they, Joe. Politics Joe, yeah. They posted a video which tickled me. It's quite a sinister topic, but this particular story is just so ridiculous. It is kind of funny. So the group Turning Point UK essentially stood outside an empty pub last week Friday to rally against a non-existent drag event that was occurring there. Essentially, there's this pub. It's called the Great Exhibition Pub in East Dunwich. And they hosted a drag story time for kids. So for kids, I think it was like under the age of five. Last year, last spring. And they advertised it on their website as an event that was going to occur monthly, I believe. Or like regularly, right? And essentially, their pub has said that it only happened one time it took place in July 2022, to be exact. And then they didn't host it again. They said it was a great success, but they just didn't do it again. But because their website is out of date, it was a recurring calendar event. And right. so basically, yeah. So it was meant, it was scheduled on their website to occur last Friday. But the pub has said they don't really update the website. They put new events up on social media and people kind of typically tend to look at that. But when Turning Point announced that they were going to boycott the drag event, because I will get into why in a bit, but they essentially wanted to boycott it, not boycott it, protest it. The pub came out and said, oh, that's an incorrect listing. We are not hosting a drag event next week, so please don't come. And they went and protested anyway. They went and protested <laughs> any anyway. In a statement, Turning Point said that our protests are focused on awareness not actually physically preventing adult performers from reading to children, as that is for the government to legislate or for the police to act when necessary. While the session today had been cancelled, we were happy to still protest the venue as they have not committed to age-restricting future drag events they plan to host there, with other events still listed on their website. Now, mind you, the other events are just the, rec it's the recurring event invite that has not been updated on this pub's website. What is going on? So yeah, and uh, in the video, there's all these people that are standing around this pub kind of shouting about how the, the event shouldn't be happening because drag is inappropriate for kids. You have Calvin Robertson. Are you familiar with Calvin Robertson? Unfortunately, I am. Yeah, and Lawrence Fox and, you know, they're very outspoken right-wing figures. So the event, Calvin um, Robertson, what is he? He's like a, he's a presenter of GB News which is basically just very right-wing. Mm. He's also a vicar, I believe. Is he? He's a religious... Or does he just dress like one? Are you, wait, are you serious? He, he just dresses like one? Someone said that he refused to become ordained or something. I'm pretty sure he's a priest. I don't think he is. Oh, wait, Calvin Robertson, I was blocked from ordination. Oh, He was blocked from being ordained in the Church of England due to his political views. So he's been ordained under the auspices of the conservative GAFCON network. Okay. Anyway, that's by the by, I guess. Yeah, but he's not... I don't think he actually is. I think he just dresses like okay, well. he is, which is so weird. 
but so what do we expect? Right. So there's video footage of them outside this pub, knowing that there was no event occurring, claiming that they are in the right because they are sharing their point of view about the importance of safeguarding kids from drag queens who want to read stories to them. And in this video from Politics Joe, there are people who are counter-protesting the protest, drag queens and parents of children, and they actually interview one of the mums who says that it's a drag story time, she's taking the child to one and it's lovely. They read books about bunnies or whatever and that it's a lovely time and, and it's just good fun for kids and she doesn't know what the uproar is about. And then the camera switches to Calvin Robertson and he's like, well, you just, you just don't know what they're gonna be wearing. It's like, I'm <laughs> probably just dressed in some sort of drag attire that's appropriate for kids. All right, so Benji, anyway. what I think would be a fun little exercise to do is for you to be someone advocating for trans story times, and I'll be yeah. Calvin Robinson, and I'll provide a count of you. Okay, all right. So, Calvin, you are outside of this pub protesting a drag story time event that actually was not scheduled to, to happen and was never going to happen today. But you're still here. Why is that? Yeah, too right. It doesn't matter if it was going to happen or not. And that definitely wasn't just a mistake by us and lack of organisation. We're here anyway because we care about keeping children as innocent for as long as possible. But what is it about drag queens reading stories to kids that is not innocent? Well, you know, they're drag queens, so they're probably twerking in the children's faces, showing off an immense amount of bosom, and they're probably not even story times. They're just lip-syncing to Lil Nas X or someone like that <laughs> and calling it a story time. But have you never heard of children-friendly drag queens? How could that possibly be the case when they're wearing makeup and wigs and fake boobs and twerking you've in children's faces? You've never been to a pantomime or part of the idea of pantomime dames? <laughs> what is a pantomime dame? That's completely different to a drag queen. It It's really not. It's typically, obviously, you know, there are different types of pantomime dames, I'm sure, but typically it would be somebody who is assigned a man at birth, dressed as some sort of woman who is a character in a children's show, like, I don't know, Snow White or something, or a fairy tale of some sort. And they would be the star of a pantomime show that kids would go and watch at Christmas time. Well, yeah, and but that's different, you know. Because pantomimes are classics, and so they were written a long time ago, back when everyone was way more transphobic. So there's no way that they would have been shedding a favourable light on drag queens there. And they're all scripted for stage and shown to a large audience where there could be outroar. How do we really know what's going on at these drag time story events? They're probably twerking on children's faces. Yeah, this is actually surely... something that Lawrence Fox said in that interview, by the way. Carry on. Did he say twerking in children's faces? Yeah. Oh, I must have blocked that off my memory. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, but couldn't you say that about any story time? That any adult could be twerking in children's faces if we're not careful? What is it about them being in drag that makes them more likely to twerk in a child's face? You're making this really hard for me, Benji. What is it about people being in drag that it makes you suspicious about their intentions to potentially twerk in children's faces, huh? I mean, they're in drag, therefore uh -huh. they're probably gay men. And as we know, homosexuals are depraved beings that are reduced merely to their sexuality as a personality and um, uh, all they can think and care about is sex. So you're like homophobic, transphobic, you're a bigot, right? No, I just believe in the sanctity of marriage and in that being between a man and a woman. And I have very mm. one-dimensional mm. views about gay mm. people <laughs> because they are the devil incarnate. That's not me being homophobic. I still love them. I just hate what they do in every fiber of their being that makes total sense all right keep standing outside in the cold shivering outside the car <laughs> protesting an event that's not happening nice chat and politics joe is like oh yeah so this woman said that they just told them the bunny hopping story 
so are you okay with that and he's like oh well yeah i'm fine with that it's just that she's pulled the long straw you know most of these drag story time events aren't like that at all and on what basis he is founding this opinion i have no idea well in fact i do i i know that he's not founding it on anything just vibes but it's just just, just like literally just vibes it's pretty impressive like the audacity of mm. transphobes that they will just like mm. decide what they believe to be true with absolutely mm. no evidence i mean transphobes drag queens you know it's all kind of intersectional right mm. <clears throat> sorry transphobes and drag queens are not the same thing people that hate trans people and people that hate drag queens right overlap is what i meant but yeah they will just decide on their version of reality without checking what's actually happening in real life. And they will just mm. run with that. Pretty much. They're just committed to this one track narrative. And the thing is, like, it's always just what the bigotry flavor of the day is. So now it's drag queens, anti-drag, you know, attitudes and, and legislation in some places is, like, sweeping, or feels like it's sweeping in the Western world anyway, definitely the States. I know in Tennessee, they have passed a bill, right? Where people can't do female fascination, right? Or they can't, they can't yeah. dress up in drag in Tennessee anymore. And that includes people who are dressing as the opposite gender to the one they were assigned, which is very dangerous, of course, and has transphobic implications. But it just feels like that is just the flavor of the day. Like, it's just the hill that bigots are willing to die on now. That drag is, like, inherently nefarious and a threat to the safety of your children. It's very, very awful. And that's kind of a point that's drawn out at the end of that video, right? They insert a clip of some conservative member who says, back in 2018 or something, the reason our policies worked is because of Brexit, Mm. something, and Jeremy Corbyn. Those were the three things that made our campaign work. We no longer have any of those because obviously Mm. Brexit's happened, Corbyn's gone and something else. And now the next policy, and he said this back in 2019 or whatever, the next way we will win is by making a big thing of cultural wars and the trans debate. Mm. And it just has, that just has happened. Like it's been so important to the Tory party, the trans debate, like asking Mm. so many potential, like it was part of the running for who was going to be prime minister right they were like is a trans woman a woman and then all of the candidates were saying no like liz truss rishi sunak everyone's just like no yeah it's really grim and terrifying and awful that the existence of a very disadvantaged group is being used as a political pawn to win Mm. points and i just don't know i guess like you can't make sense out of nonsense right but i just don't see how You could look at a drag queen reading a children's book to a group of kids, nefarious and sordid, unless your mind was already there or unless you have some sort of bias, because it's one of the most Mm -hmm. sweetest, innocent, pleasant things that can occur. I'm not seeing the logic because it is illogical, but yeah, it's just ridiculous. I'm like, tell Mm. me the difference between a drag queen and a clown. Right. Mm, Fair point. Like, they are both just people in this instance. They are people... Mm dressing up in a lot of funny and bright coloured mm. like makeup and clothes in mm. order to entertain children. Right. No Le- real person right looks like a clown. And like drag is meant to be an exaggeration of, you know, human features. It's creative expression, you know? Yeah. And I think there's something really wonderful about having drag queens engage with kids, you know? And not only ignite their imagination, but also show them that screw gender, express yourself however you want to express yourself, be whoever you want to be, and be creative and have fun with life. I'd rather have a drag queen read a story to my kid than a guy dressed up as a vicar who isn't even ordained. He wasn't actually even a a real priest. What's going on? And we won't go there, but we very could easily go there. Mm. If there's... A group of people that we should be worried about kids being around. Mm. Oh, we can go there. Not to trigger people, but we, we can really go there. There's actually, oh, I've forgotten their name, but there's a TikToker and they're a trans lawyer. And they've been doing this thing for the last few weeks where they do a summary of all the people in the States who have been announced in the news as going down for a crime against a child, right? Mm. So it'll be like nine priests, like three firemen, I don't know, whatever. And then at the end, it's like no trans people, no drag queens. 
And they've been doing it for like a couple of weeks now and still no trans people, no drag queens. Yeah. So for a person dressed in a vicar's outfit to go up there and say that we need to protect children's innocence, yeah, the call the is coming from inside the house. Yeah. No, but like, but but literally though, literally. And and how dare you use one of the most abhorrent things that an adult human being can do in this world, right? How dare you use that as a device, like a tool to come for queer people. That's so gross. You don't actually care, do you? Not genuinely, not sincerely. I don't believe you do. If you did, there's better ways, more impactful ways you could be focusing your energy to tackle this issue which you claim to care about instead of standing mm-hmm. outside the pub, protesting an imaginary drag story time. You know? I do. Shall we yeah. move on? Yes, let's have your no nuance. Are you ready for your no nuance, Ollie? I am indeed. Okay, your time starts now. My gripe of the day is about the phrase, life's not fair, or life's not perfect, or any iteration on that. First of all, I think it's just an incredibly defeatist way of responding to someone who's going through something. And it's not particularly sensitive or considerate, you know, because you're just saying, oh, you've got a problem, well, life's not fair, so get over it. Like, we can do better. You know, like we can make things better in the world. Just because life's not fair doesn't mean that it can't become fair. If we don't strive for equality and equity, then we'll never get it. So saying life's not fair is a very redundant, defeatist and like pessimistic viewpoint to take. My second issue is that invariably, I think, it comes from people that sit in a place of privilege. Because mm. they can deal with life not being fair because one, it Your helps them that life isn't fair. And two, like the little things that aren't fair to them have a very small impact on them. Whereas mm. those things can have a much bigger impact on people that don't have the same privileges. And that's it. Yeah, that was, I agree. That was a short minute. Mm. You had a lot to say, but I hear you. It's This is sensitive. And I always think when people say that, what they're really saying is that I'm putting up with shit and so you should too. Mm. And it's yeah. like, well, no, neither of us should have to. Sometimes we do go through stuff, but that's not a standard we should be accepting and asking for others to kind of settle for, you know? Yeah, like, oh, you've got cancer. Mm. Well, life's not fair. Okay, that doesn't make it any better. I've still got cancer. Like, oh, you were just insulted because of your sexuality. Well, life's not fair. Okay, but Mm. we could, like, not get insulted for our sexuality. That would be nice. You know, like, we can strive towards that. We can strive towards curing cancer. Anyway. Anyway, so let's move on. So we were tagged in TikTok, weren't we? Yes. It was a stitch of a video that got... It got loads of stitches at the time, and then it died down, and I guess it's come back or something. But it was by Grant Eli Sykes, who is a trans woman, and she was doing a kind of, like, Dylan Mulvaney, or I don't know if Dylan started it, but a, like, day X of being a girl. And on this particular day, Grant went to the supermarket and bought some tampons. And we'll get into the the specifics of the video, because it was pretty controversial, but basically Grant was like, oh, this goes inside you, that cannot be the case, blah, 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 things like that about the tampon. And... A lot of people got annoyed about the video. There have been multiple stitches of this. One particular stitch that we were tagged in recently took a very, like, radical feminist view of it. Some might even say trans-exclusionary. Radical feminists are tough. I want you guys to seriously ask yourselves what being a woman means. Females, if you have ever felt like a woman. And if you have felt that way, is it because of things happening to your female reproductive system? Or is it because of a stereotypic gendered role that you are embodying at the moment or a trait you have that is described as womanly like being ditzy or being empathetic because you like to do your makeup what does it mean because as we widen what woman means we narrow what woman means females can do act express themselves however they want and they should be able to whether you're masculine aggressive you want to run a company you want to be a neurosurgeon you want to change the world or you want to stay at home and raise your babies that you made a female can do absolutely anything without labeling herself anything because all female is is a sex class all woman is is a sex class if you can feel like a woman and feeling like a woman is reduced to wanting to wear and express feminine we will lose 
Our reproductive rights have already been taken away. We have no right to our own uteruses. We are seen as incubators. We are seen as incubators who are ditzy, who who are narcissistic, and it's because of gender. It's because of gender ideology. It's because people think there are female brains, female dispositions. You. Do not be so intersectional, you forget to be a feminist. Do you want to give your thoughts then? So, my thing is this, right? So firstly, in terms of the, the video that was searched, it was very insensitive. It's misogynistic, right? It's perpetuating misogyny. This idea that something like a, a tampon, which is something that anyone who menstruates really has to use. It's a self-care product and it's a necessity for people who menstruate. And to kind of make fun of that is incredibly misogynistic and trivializes something which is a big, big issue. You know, there are places in the world where people who menstruate are ashamed. There are people in this country who can't access period care products, right? And so people were watching that video kind of being very turned off. And I agree, I was also very turned off. However, that doesn't justify this view from this stitcher, which I believe is incredibly transphobic. The things that ultimately, I don't believe that as we widen what women means, we narrow what women means. If anything, I think it's ironically misogynistic to think that trans women who are saying they feel like a woman are only saying that they feel like a woman because they feel like they like makeup and they like being ditzy and they like expressing stereotypically feminine traits and actually going through that comment section of that video there was a lot of stuff in there that i was tough to read but there were also women who were saying actually i feel like a woman when i'm with other women and I feel like there's a, a sisterhood. I feel like a woman when I exercise and I feel the breath in my lungs. And Can I just jump mm -hmm. in and ask you, what do you think she meant when she said, when we widen what woman means, we narrow what woman means? I think she, from my understanding, what she's saying is that people are trying to widen what women means, i.e. widen it by detaching gender from sex and detaching it from biology and saying that you can be assigned male at birth but identify as a woman. And so therefore to her, that's widening what being a woman means. However, when we do that, according to her, from my understanding, we narrow what women means because what we're doing is tying womanhood down to these like superficial characteristics in her mind, i.e. ditzy, makeup, that sort of thing. That's what she says in the video. That's so interesting right. because I think she meant it the other way around. Okay, in what sense? I think what she meant is when we widen what woman means in the sense of when we accept that a woman doesn't have to just stay at home and look after the kids, when she doesn't have to just have, you know, secretary, receptionist jobs and can be a astronaut, can be a lawyer, when woman is no longer confined by like the gender stereotypes. When you accept that a woman can show typically masculine traits, mm. so widening woman in that sense, when you allow a woman to be more free in that sense, then you have to narrow what woman means in terms of how you define, like what is it that actually makes a woman a woman? And then therefore what makes a woman a woman is her biological sex, her reproductive system. I think that's what she's saying, because otherwise, if you don't narrow that definition, then no such thing as woman exists. Because if you're allowed to say, well, I'm a woman, but I'm masculine, then it doesn't mean anything to be a woman unless you look at the actual biology. I think mm. that's what she's saying. Hello, this is Future Editing Ollie, and I just want to say that she definitely didn't mean it the way that I interpreted it. I gave her too much credit, and if she had, then maybe she would have come to the conclusion that I come to later in this. But, uh... Yeah, she didn't mean that. So <laughs> take everything else I say with a with a pinch of salt. Love you. Bye. So I definitely get that interpretation. I guess the reason why I thought she meant narrowing what women means as a negative thing is is because of the tone, the tone and how she said it as a negative thing. I think either way though, it's like the same mm. point. We got the same point out of it, but we took it a different way. I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so carry on. I probably completely interrupted your flow of thinking. No, that's fine. So to me, to say that widening what womanhood is, therefore is narrowing and constraining women and how women are perceived, I think that in itself is narrowing what it means to be a woman. Because what you're doing is you are making an assumption about trans women 
and their connection to womanhood that is painting such individuals as just being obsessed with like makeup and aesthetics and wanting to wear high heels and and wanting to kind of present as a woman and the thing is is like yes i'm sure a lot of trans women get gender euphoria from presenting as a stereotypical women and expressing stereotypically feminine traits but i would argue that there are also just a lot of trans women who feel like a woman because of other things and they express their womanhood in many different ways and they feel connected to their womanhood in so many other aspects that aren't superficial and actually maybe this person doesn't know what it means to feel like a woman beyond biological attributes because ultimately what it means to a woman is probably an individual feeling for every woman and what ties all the experiences together is that everyone who feels like a woman is a woman is what i would say now i would caveat that and say that i am not trans so you know i'm open to hearing different points of view when it comes to that but that's my perspective on it and that's my take and i think ultimately what it comes down to for me as well is that everything we say now this person has a very big platform they have over 600,000 followers on TikTok and everything that we say especially if you have a platform but anybody anybody right everything that we say can have a potential impact can lead to a certain consequence and this individual I mean they hashtagged radfem like they know what they're doing right you must know that even if you have feminist intentions at heart the feminist impacts of what you're saying is trans exclusionary so this is whether intentional or unintentional, directly or indirectly, an attack on trans women. And to me, it's unforgivable, regardless of whether you feel like your intention is in the right place or you're trying to defend women. You're not defending women because you're not defending trans women. Mm. You're leaving them open so, to attack by making such a, a, a critique and a, and a commentary. Yeah. So here are my thoughts. And I said to you before we started this, ugh, I'm going to get cancelled. Because for the most part, for a lot of what she says, I don't disagree with what she says however mm. i don't actually think she's saying that much because she starts right with saying what makes a woman a woman but she never answers this question because i don't think she can and she sort of hints at oh well it's your biological sex but i think that's where she makes her big mistake she says female is a sex class woman is a sex class but that's not true. Woman is a descriptor of gender, not sex. And she mm. understands that those two things are different, but she then sort of merges them in perhaps a disingenuous way or perhaps because she hasn't thought it out or maybe she has, but whatever. Whatever the reason, I don't think it's a good thing to do because if you, like, from my understanding at least, a trans woman is a trans woman and calls herself a woman. But a trans woman wouldn't really call themselves a trans female. It's the use of the word woman more than the word female. And then perhaps, you know, the lines start to blur with like biological sex because biological sex is made up of multiple factors, including like chromosomal, but including like gonadal and including genital. And so if you have had gender confirming surgery as a trans woman then you are a female in the sense that you have female genitalia you are not a female in the sense that you have female chromosomes but having xx chromosomes isn't the only thing that makes someone female so you can be a female and be trans but for the most part right because sex isn't immutable, it can change, and it's not so bina binarily defined as people set it out to be. When she asks what makes a woman a woman, she should, in fact, if she wants to ask this question, be asking what makes a female a female. Because those two things are different questions. And what makes a woman a woman is like the gender identification as a woman. What makes a female a female is a sexual classification but my issue with her and the reason that she's transphobic i would say and why i don't agree with her is that she treats those two things as the same and she treats it as though you cannot fight for female rights while also fighting for transgender women's rights but you can, you know, she focuses on reproductive rights that is a right that only impacts people 
born female mm-hmm. you can fight for that but also fight for transgender women to be seen as women those two things aren't it's not like if you accept transgender women as women then we no longer are able to have female reproductive rights those two things aren't like mutually exclusive things we can have transgender rights and also female reproductive rights and we can accept that those two things aren't, like, linked. She kind of says nothing in the video because she doesn't actually draw anything out, because to draw something out of that, to draw a conclusion, would be to get to the logical inconsistency that she hasn't come to. Does that make sense, or am I just rambling to myself? I think you're just giving her too much credit. (laughs) I don't think I am. The thing is, right, like, radical feminism and trans-exclusionary radical feminism is a thing that exists and we can be obtuse and say that they're all stupid and they don't deserve any credit but a lot of these people have thought a lot about this they have put a lot of time and thought and there are intelligent people that are on that side of the debate but i i don't think i'm giving her too much credit because i'm saying that i don't think she's understood this distinction but i think she understands a lot but i don't think she's understood that but so why do you think i'm giving her too much credit because she literally says in the video women are losing reproductive rights because of gender ideology. Yes, yes. And that's so, that, that's her that, big mistake. So that, I don't think it's her, a mistake. Like, I don't think it's a mistake. It's not a mistake. I don't think it's a mistake anyway. I don't see it as a mistake. Not as intentionally no, not as in, like, in the sand. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. Like I a lot of what she said I don't think is false. But what she does say that is false is that, you know, a female is a woman, that those two things are the same. And if she could separate those in her mind then she would come to a more logical conclusion in my opinion but people who hold these views are not trying to separate the two because they don't want to separate the two because they don't want to see trans women as women you're giving her too much credit Mm. do you know what i mean and the thing is like this is not an exploration of gender or how it relates to sex it's not even an inclusive call for reproductive justice because she's specifically saying that because of gender ideology females are losing women as she defines them are losing their reproductive rights and the thing is is that that is trans exclusionary it's trans exclusionary on the side of trans women it's also trans exclusionary on the side of trans men and non-binary individuals some of which can reproduce right do have uteruses can menstruate all these things right i don't see her advocating for them and you know maybe she does and she didn't mention this video but just the statement itself women are losing reproductive rights we are losing because of gender ideology that says a lot to me do not be so intersectional that you forget to be a feminist that says a lot to me do not be intersectional come on do not be so intersectional but yeah yeah yeah, that's but that but as in like that's what I mean though. It's like it's it's deliberately drawing a line in the sand. It's being like to me anyway. Do not be so intersectional, i.e., do not be so intersectional that you include trans women in the fight for female rights. But if she changed the word woman to female, like females are losing reproductive rights, that is a true statement, right? But she doesn't know. She literally says at the start, "What does it feel like to be a woman?" Actually, why don't women means we now women means she's talking about. I think she does understand the gender sex thing. Again, I think you're giving her too much credit. I don't know, but uh, whether I am or not, I think is I think that you can... I I, I don't think I'm giving her too much credit because I think she's wrong. And I'm saying that, like, I think she's got things Mm. wrong. But I think a lot of what she's got is right. She's just come to the wrong conclusion. And this was something else Mm. I was going to say, is that she's so close to it, is that gender as a construct isn't useful and i feel like she's so close to getting that but then she uses Mm. that for hate rather than for progress because like a lot of what she was Mm. saying was leading towards the conclusion that oh gender isn't actually a useful thing so if you want to identify as a woman identify as a woman because like gender has Mm. no real concrete foundations i think like it felt as though all of what she was saying, and this is why I agreed with a lot of it, it was getting there. But then her sort of ultimate conclusion is therefore like transphobia. But like a lot of what she said made sense until the conclusion of it being that, you know, women are losing rights because of the transgender movement. And that's not the case. Like reproductive rights being abolished has nothing to do with transgender people. It has all to do with like patriarchy. And that's where the finger Mm -hmm. should be pointed. And 
you know, perhaps I'm giving her too much credit, perhaps I'm not. But yeah, like, if she could separate that idea of woman and female being the same thing, I don't know. I feel like she would come to a different conclusion. She would, but then she wouldn't be, in my mind, a transphobe. Or she wouldn't be expressing transphobic views. This view would not be a transphobic yeah. view. Because the thing is, is that, and not to generalise, but from my experience, and I believe this to be correct anyway, trans women do not see themselves as cis women. They are women, but they're trans women. Like it's a specific experience, right? That is equal to cis womanhood, but it does have its differences. And I don't think it's reasonable for someone to say that the struggles of trans women are exactly the same as the struggles of cis women. There's differences there, of course there is, but both are still women. And so therefore feminism should include both of those experiences and shouldn't be excluding one over the other when it's not necessary to. When we're talking about reproductive rights, we don't have to have a debate about whether trans women are women or what it means to women or whatever. All we need to do is to fight for the rights of those who can reproduce. It's very simple. Yeah. Once you start That's unpacking what, what saying, it means yeah. to be a woman or the really connection to sex or whatever, you're opening the doors to transphobia intentionally. Not in every case, but in this case, intentionally, I believe. You know, yeah. because if you didn't want to do that, you could just be like, the reproductive rights of all of those you can reproduce are under attack and left at that. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was what I was was saying earlier is mm. that trans rights existing do not exclude the possibility for reproductive rights. Like you can have both, and so it's not because yeah. of trans people that females' reproductive rights are being stripped away. And so, yeah, for turfs to kind of point the finger at that just seems bizarre to me and misguided. Yeah, but it's even a thing of like mentioning females when it comes. To reproductive rights like it feels like an unnecessary distinction i feel like just you'd only make that distinction if you were looking to debate the ability of people's genders who don't identify with gender they were assigned at birth because as i said you could just advocate for reproductive rights do you know what i mean so the reason i i'm not sure i agree with that is because reproductive rights by itself is not an indication of female reproductive rights. Because you could argue that, like, there is the male reproductive system too. And so when you're talking about reproductive rights, you could say, oh, well, males should have a right to have some control over what's happened to a sperm that belonged to them that has fertilized an egg. But that's not what we're concerned about, like, getting stripped away, right? We're concerned about the female reproductive rights. And I don't think it's... Unless, like, language is completely eroded, then it's not bigoted or unreasonable to talk about those rights as being female reproductive rights, because they are still of the female reproductive system. That body might belong to a non-binary person or a trans man, but it's still the female reproductive system. Female is, like, a biological classification, not a gender classification, which is why, like, we should, and for the most part do, have a distinction between man and male, woman and female, because man is gender, male is sex, woman is gender, female is sex. And your sex can change through operations, like, you could have a trans woman with a uterus and with a womb, like, I th I'm pretty sure it's been the case that there have been womb transplants to allow trans women to become pregnant, but that's still the female reproductive system. That's still, like, and, and the same thing I think is true. I think there's been a trans man who kept his womb so that he could be pregnant. Like, he's still a man, but he still has a female reproductive system. But the reason why I'm saying that, like, I don't necessarily believe that that's like a necessary distinction to make. And and I guess to be specific, unless you're like a, a doctor or, you know, we're, we're delving into like the anatomy, like, you know, unless there's a literal scientific reason why you need to get into the weeds of it all, I just don't understand why you would feel the need to make that distinction when you could just say that we're talking about reproductive rights. You said about you know, we could talk about reproductive rights for people who are assigned male at birth, right? But then you could just, then what's, what's wrong with using assigned female at birth? The reason why, and the thing is, I think like, we might need to just like leave it here. And those who are listening, like, if you are somebody who is trans, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because we are two cis individuals having this conversation. But I just do personally feel like using the word female 
where it's not necessarily necessary to have the conversation just feels like it's intentionally drawing a line in the sand between like gender and sex in a way that is like intentionally or unintentionally inflammatory. I know I've definitely, I have trans people who I follow who say that even though they are aware that they are assigned male at birth or assigned female at birth, they find the terms female and male triggering and don't necessarily want to be referred to as somebody who has a female reproductive system or male reproductive system unless they're talking to their doctor. And if you're just somebody who's having a conversation with them, they are a, a trans man or a trans woman who may be able to reproduce or maybe to do X, Y, Z, but the idea of like like attaching a female and male label, it like, and it's, it's what I've seen, right? It's what I've heard listening to trans people speak that it, it, when it's brought up unnecessarily, it is triggering. It does feel like you're pointing your finger or making a distinction when you don't really need to do that but that's kind of besides the point because I don't think that you're necessarily doing that from my interpretation from where I stand what you're really identifying is that there is a difference between like gender and sex right essentially and and those are two different kind of conversations and that is true this person the reason why I said that you're giving this person too much credit is because this person is not saying that yeah and mm, I think it's interesting to talk about it's definitely philosophically interesting to be like well if there are trans men, which there very well may be, trans men out there that would be triggered by the like the statement you have a female reproductive system like is that something they should be triggered by, or is that no. something um girl you did not just no say because that. it's like obviously you don't dictate what people should and shouldn't be triggered by, but what I mean by that is like should you be triggered by it in the sense of how does society define that term of male or female? And if it is purely a, like, scientific descriptor of sex, if the lines weren't muddled between sex and gender, and female and male was very distinctly sex, and man and woman was very distinctly gender, then is that something that you would be triggered by? And if not, well, obviously we won't ever, but if we could all agree that male and female is just about sex and man and woman is just about gender, then would it be triggering to say female reproductive system? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no comment on that, I can't lie. It's maybe getting end too there. philosophical. Yeah, yeah. Let's, maybe end it, let's maybe end it there. I mean, like I said, I think like we do need to acknowledge the position that, from which we're having this discussion. Of course, we can discuss it and we can unpack it, and especially from a position of affirming the validity of trans people's genders and and kind of using our platform and our voice to do so um but when it comes to how trans people think and feel we don't have an insight into that we can't comment on that it's not our place to and so i think we should probably yeah like leave, to... leave it leave it that please do get in touch with us if you're mm. trans and have an opinion on this yeah education for sure exactly let's let's open up the doors for people to share their views on that did we say who the person is to the creator is i kind of want to say sure go for it is it very unpopular woman i think so deeply unpopular woman deeply unpopular woman okay there we go. So yes, if you want to review that video and the rest of her content to get some context on what we just discussed. All right, let's wrap up. Oh my, she has a lot of followers on Instagram too and she's verified. Oh okay, no. I will wrap up. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. I hope you don't hate me and my terrible views be sure to leave us a five star review on on spotify or apple if you go on to apple you can leave us a written review which is like quite nice so maybe Ooh. even if you listen on spotify send us a written review on apple and we'll maybe read it out you know and we had our first am i allowed to say this we had our first one star review from someone that disliked a clip on tiktok and came and rated it Woo! one star on spotify so maybe we could counteract that with a few more five star (laughs) reviews follow us on social media if you'd like tiktoks podcast on tiktok and instagram and email us at the tiktoks podcast at gmail.com and until next time stay slaying love you speak soon speak soon (laughs) (laughs) bye Uh, we'll speak to you later bye (laughs)